Good evening, this is Pastor Logan uh, here with you for our Wednesday evening Bible study. Uh, I believe we're going to have a great time as we continue our study in the book Celebration of Disciplines by Richard J. Foster. Uh, those of you that have been uh, going along with us, trekking with us as it were, uh, during this series, I hope you are gaining as much from it as I have. This has been a tremendous resource to learn how to work these disciplines into our lives. Um, before we get into the book, I, I want to make you aware of a couple of things going on. Uh, number one, uh, this um, Sunday we'll only have one service, uh, 10 a.m. service, instead of our regular 8.30 uh, morning, or early service and then uh, then an, another 10 o'clock. So there will only be one, count that, one service uh, at 10 o'clock uh, this coming Sunday uh, morning. So avail yourself for that one service. Uh, and then this Wednesday we're going to have our, our Bible study. And we're going to have a special one. We've, we've invited our law enforcement, uh, chief law enforcement officers in, in our community to come and have a conversation with us. We're, we're calling it Law Enforcement in Our Community. And so we've got Sheriff Wisnett and also um, Chief Laudermick, Sheriff Wisnett with the Burke County Sheriff Department, and then uh, Chief Laudermick with the Morgan Public Safety. Both have agreed to come and take of their time uh, to share with us in this evening. We have some questions for them, uh, and uh, and they have uh, decided that they would love to be a part of what we're doing. You know, law enforcement is vital. It's important, and we really need to honor it according to what the Word of God says. And so we have these two gentlemen, uh, both leaders uh, in their prospective works, um, uh, Sheriff Department and also the uh, Chief of, uh, of Public Safety in our community. So I invite you to be a part of that this coming um, next Wednesday. All right, so um, let's get into it. Let's pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, we thank you for each and every person uh, this uh, evening listening, and I pray that you help us by your grace, by your Holy Spirit, to work these disciplines into our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So we're on the uh, discipline of worship. And uh, we are actually moved into corporate worship now. That means ju not just you individually having these disciplines in your life, but we as a congregation or as a body of Christ, local believers, uh, also work in these same disciplines into our lives or some of these disciplines into our lives corporately. There's corporate disciplines. The one that we're on right now is the celebration of or the discipline of worship. And worship is important. We're going to start where we left off at last time. And so we're now at the priority of worship. So I'm going to read these to you. Again, these are excerpts from the book by Richard J. Foster, and hopefully uh, they will mean much to you. Number one, if the Lord is to be Lord, worship must be, uh, must have priority in our lives. The first commandment of Jesus is, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Mark 11, excuse me, Mark 12, 30. Uh, the divine priority is worship first, service second. Our lives are to be punctuated with praise, thanksgiving, and adoration. Service flows out of worship. Service as a substitute for worship is idolatry. Activity is the enemy of adoration. Now, a good example of that is um, the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, 
uh, Mary, uh, uh, she decided that, uh, that the more important thing to do was to spend time at the feet of Jesus. When he came into the room, she began to be consumed with his presence. She sensed the, the magnitude of who he was and that he actually was in their house at that time and he was talking to them and fellowshipping with them. And, and there was nothing more important for, for Mary at that time than to spend time at the feet of Jesus, listening to, uh, understanding who he was, understanding that weightiness and the weightiness of his presence was right there. And so she stilled everything and stopped and, and began to listen to what uh, Jesus had to say. And where Martha was back there rattling dishes and sweeping up the floor, cleaning up all around him, all that kind of stuff, which are not things that, uh, that are wrong to do, but wrong to do uh, when the presence of the king is there. Uh, wrong to do when the weightiness of who he is is in your presence. And her mind was over somewhere else, doing something else, not really engaging uh, who Jesus is. It would be as though you invited a special guest to your home, and while he was there, instead of talking and spending time and gleaming from him and asking questions of them, uh, you were vacuuming the floor, or we were sweeping the floor, we were doing laundry, or all those things. Um, that, that take away from the present moment, being in the present, uh, knowing the significance of the one who is around you. And I think all of us have been guilty of that, being occupied in our minds, being preoccupied with other things while worshiping, while reading our Bibles, while tending to the Word of God, minds vacillating, you know, the little bing, bing, bing of our, of our phones going off while we're reading the Word of God. I would suggest to you all to shut off your notifications, especially during times of reading the Word of God. You don't need to answer. I don't care who it is calling in. You don't need to answer it. You're talking to God. You're in the presence. We are in the presence of God. And, and he's weighty. He's weighty. Don't be distracted. Let us not be distracted by all these insignificant things that kind of bing, bing, bing around us uh, during a time that we should be consumed with his presence. And so that's why Jesus said to Martha, Martha, you have, you have, you have so many things that, that are are bothering you. you. You have but one thing to do, and you need to do what Mary's doing. She's chosen the better thing to do, and the same is for you and I. Uh, one grave temptation, number two, we all face is to run around answering calls to service without ministering to the Lord himself. It is as if God is saying, I want the hearts of my people back. And if we long to go where God is going and to do what God is doing, we will move into deeper, more authentic worship. You see, worship is getting a download from God, a download of his presence, a download of his strength, a download of his, of his greatness, a download of his perspective on life. And if we are going out without that download before we go out, we are doing things in and of our own strength and quite possibly not even doing what he's asked us to do um, and without his ability uh, to do it. 
So uh, in order for us to truly minister uh, to the Lord, it, it requires, and to do uh, what he's called us to do, we got to first go into the closet with him and spend some time with him so that when we go out, we know why we're doing it, what we're doing, and, and have a sense of a calling or an assignment to do it. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense at all to go out working, as it were, for someone, which we're really not working for God, we're working with him. But if he's working over here and we're supposed to be working with him and we're over on the other side doing something, how good is that? If God is building a bridge over here and he's working over here and we're over here trying to construct a house at the same time and he's saying, I need you to work with me on the bridge first. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that we're not going to go and work on the house. It means that the priority of God right now, because we've been spending time with him, is the priority is over here on the bridge and not over here on the house. Yeah, we may need to build the house, but let's build what he's building. Let's get involved with what he's getting involved with and not all of these other pet projects that we may think are important. Only what he says is important is important and that we should be involved with. But we're only going to get that out of a sense of, of, of knowing him and spending time with him in his presence. Preparation for worship. Number one, <clears throat> a striking feature of worship in the Bible is that people gathered in what we could call holy expectancy. They believed they would actually hear the kol Yahweh, or the voice of God. When Moses went into the tabernacle, he knew he was entering the presence of God. The same was true with the early church. It was not surprising to them that the building in which they had met shook the, with the power of God. It had happened before in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, and 4, verse 31, when some dropped dead and others were raised from the dead by the word of the Lord, the people knew that God was in their midst. You know, it's important for us that as we go into worship, that we go in with an expectation that God is there and that God is going to speak to us. God is going to, to manifest himself in some way, and we go in with that kind of expectation or expectancy, as they did in the Old Testament, as they did in the New Testament, that there is some expectation that God is going to speak. What if we all entered into all worship with that in mind? God, I'm here with you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to sense your heaviness. And I'm expecting, I'm expecting some engagement from you. I'm expecting to hear your voice. I'm expecting to hear you tell me something. I don't know what that something is going to be, but I'm expecting you to tell me something. And so with that kind of expectation, God is, is he will fulfill your expectation. But if we're going there, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just worshiping, you know, I'm just doing what I do. Hmm. That's not the way it should be. I remember when uh, early on in my walk as a Christian, when I was out in Los Angeles and me and a group of uh, people that were, uh, we were 20-somethings. Uh, I think all of us were in our uh, mid to late 20s. Some may have crossed over to 30, but not many. And we would, we would get together on a Sunday evening and we would just take 
the Knicks from 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening, 6 o'clock maybe, and we would take time to just worship the Lord. I mean, four, five, six, seven of us worshiping the Lord, spending time with God, worshiping and, and expecting something to happen in our midst. And almost always something happened. Almost always God spoke. Almost always we experienced the charismata. We experienced the the uh, uh, gifts of the Spirit, gifts of revelation, and, and and the gifts of knowledge and wisdom and and uh, miracles and th- that happened. We expected it to happen, and it happened. Words of wisdom, diverse kinds of uh, of tongues with with the gift of interpretation. It would happen to these people that were just expecting to hear from God. I loved those times. It was just a wonderful time in which not no children. I don't even think I was well, I may have may have just gotten married. May, maybe not. Uh I can't remember. But um but maybe maybe both at one time. Maybe I was single at one time and then actually was married at another time. But anyway, either way Kim and I both went to these meetings, and we just just sat there on the floor sometime, you know, on the couch and on the living room, and we just worshiped God and sensed His heaviness and the whole His holiness and His presence, and, and with full expectation, God was going to speak, and God spoke. God spoke, and He's not not speaking today. We just have to create an atmosphere out of our want. And out of our desires of expectation to do it even more so. Okay? So that was that again, that was then, and and God wants to do more of that now, I truly believe. And that we not get in the busyness of life and forget. The most important thing for us to do is to worship. Uh, number two says, they were coming into the awful, glorious, gracious presence of the living God. They gathered with anticipation knowing that Christ was present among them and would teach them and touch them with his living power. You know, before uh, I started this, I took about 30 minutes uh, prior to this and just bask in the presence of the Lord, played some worship music, and just, just wanted to just hear and be in the presence and sense the weightiness of God and reflect on how great he is, how great thou art, O God. And, and, and to anticipate him teaching me something, him, him um, uh, quenching some of my fears and some of my concerns just by being in his presence, his assurance in that presence, him letting me know, man, hey, don't you know I'm bigger than your worst day? I'm stronger than your worst enemy? I can do all things? And that's what we get when we have an attitude and, and stay worshipful all the time. Number three, how do we cultivate the holy expectin- expectancy? It begins in us as we enter the Shekinah, the Shekinah of the heart. And the Shekinah of the heart is the dwelling or the settling of the divine nature of God, the Shekinah, that, that God's God's true nature, his divine nature, dwells in us in a worshipful manner. The, 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 the Shekinah of the heart. Um, while living out the demands of our day, we are filled with inward worship and adoration. We work and play, we 
We work and play, eat and sleep, yet we are listening, ever listening, to our teacher. The writings of Frank Labach are filled with the sense of living under the shadow of the Almighty. Of all today, quote, of all today's miracles, the greatest is this, to know that I find the best when I'm working listening, when I work listening. Thank thee, too, that the habit of constant conversation grows easier each day. I really do believe all thought can be conversations with thee. Man and woman of God, are we living in such consciousness of God that we daily, throughout the day, as we're eating, as we're driving in our cars, as we're uh, even working, conversing on the inside, constantly aware of his presence living on the inside of us. Uh, I love the wording of that. It says, while living out the demands of our day, we are filled with the inward worship and adoration. People don't know that you're singing on the inside. And some of you, you know, it would be better if you sung on the inside, not just joking. No, the Bible tells us make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise. You know, some of us, that's all we can do is make a joyful noise. But thank God for that joyful noise. He, he loves it. He knows that we are being conscious of him and aware of him. And we're conscious all day long in our comings and our goings and our eatings. Uh, when we wake up, we're constantly acknowledging him deep down on the inside. And he gives us a, a uh, he gives a melody in our heart. He, he makes melody in our hearts. He was singing psalms and spiritual songs to the Lord in our hearts because of our being aware of him. You know, sometimes we think that prayer is or worship is this this time of the day. Maybe it's in the morning for some where we set aside that time to go and we go to worship him and spend time in his presence and, and acknowledge him and, and all of those things. And then we forget about him for the rest of the day. No, that's not what he wants. Not that the morning is wrong. It's very right. I think we all should have a set time of the day, not a religious time, not I got to get my religious duty in, but a time where they're like, okay, right now, is the best time of the day where I am completely, totally untethered to any other responsibilities. But as we're going through our day, that we are conscious of God so that we're constantly reflecting on, thinking about, conversing with God throughout the day. See, I have a real challenge with those who say, you know, I miss I missed my prayer this morning, and therefore it's all done. It's doomed. No, you, you may have missed your time. Maybe you had a late evening. You know, that happens sometimes. Maybe you had a tough day, and you weren't able to get up the way you normally do. What do you like to, to spend time with him? Or maybe you're a late-night person. You love to spend time with God in the evening hours. But today was a, uh, was a uh, um, uh, was an exceptionally difficult day, a tiring day, and you just wanted to go and flop down on your bed and go to sleep. Nothing wrong with that. We have these treasures in earthen vessels, so they don't always cooperate with what our spirit wants to do. But to converse with God all day long is 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 what it should be so that we're not uh, consumed with or troubled by whether or not we have spent enough time with God because we always are spending time with God. We're always in his presence. We're always thinking about him. We're always talking back and forth to him. 
and we never leave his presence. We we don't need to um, to to uh, um, uh, have that one set time. You know that half hour a day or hour a day in that 23, 24-hour period, and then we forget about him for the next 23 hours. No, he wants a running dialogue with us all day long, a one running worship of us all day long where we're seeing birds in the sky and say, God, thank you for that beautiful bird. I'm just so aware of you and your creation through that bird or that tree. Look how beautiful. Or that mountain. And we're constantly seeing him in all aspects as we're conversing with them all day long. Number four, uh, Brother Lawrence knew the same reality. Because he experienced the presence of God in the kitchen, he knew he would meet God in the Mass as well. He writes, I cannot imagine how religious persons can live satisfied without the practice of the presence of God. If, if, if being with God is an on and off, like it's an on and off switch, and so Sunday morning in service, while the music is playing and I'm worshiping God, on. Leave service, don't think about it, don't contemplate it, don't sense his, uh, his presence anymore. Off. No, he's saying, uh, Brother Lawrence is saying, he can't imagine religious persons who live satisfied with without the practice of the presence of God on a regular basis. You see, our corporate um, awareness of God is highly, even possibly wholly, dependent upon our private practice of being in the presence of God. We don't turn it on and off. That's called religion. But if we, if we practice His presence, then, then the, the worship time that we have of God, when we come in, even if we have music or no music, and we get in that corporate mass body, we're just an extension of our regular worship, but now in the presence of many other who are worshiping God and, and, and have already practiced the presence of God. So it's not like uh, lighting uh, watered-down logs. And I think that, that happens many times. People come in and it's like, you know, Light the match, and you try to put it on the fire, uh, on the wood, and it just goes out. But those who are fiery hot, man, you can you can check the atmosphere out. Those who have been spending time with God, it's amazing sometimes the difference between two groups. One having spent time with God, or at least a good portion of them, spending time practicing the presence of God. And then when you come into the presence of them and you light that match, it blows up. It, it's, I mean, you got a fire in no time. Whereas you can take a group who have not been practicing or a good portion have not been practicing the presence of God. And man, you got to dry the wood out, let it, let it dry out for a little while and, and then light the match. And it might, it might light up. You don't know. But boy, that atmosphere that is, that comes out of a practicing of the presence of God, everyone, and you, you put a fire on that thing, it blows up real quick. That's the kind of atmosphere that is contagious. That people, man, I've been longing to get to the house of the Lord so I can worship together now. I can worship together now. I've already been worshiping him individually, but now I can worship together with those who also have been worshiping. Number five, when more than one of or two come into public worship with a holy expectancy, it can change the atmosphere of a room. That's what we were just talking about. People who enter harried and distracted are drawn quickly 
into a sense of the silent presence. Hearts and minds are lifted upward. The air becomes charged with expectancy. Charged with expectancy. You know, atmospheric changers are those who come to the mass gathering of the saints already on fire. Don't need to be lit. So when those dry pieces of wood come in there and that, 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 that may not be lit yet, it immediately causes a, a combustion because the atmosphere is charged. If we all come on Sundays and we've been worshiping all the way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and come into a worship environment on Sunday morning and with the corporate body, you know, you're going to have an explosion. You're going to have a, 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 mag, a, a um, explosive, uh, dynamic atmosphere of worship. If everyone, and even if you don't come in that way, maybe you're that one person who hasn't been practicing the presence, but you come in that charged atmosphere, you're going you're gonna to blow up in a little or no time because there's atmospheric change. I love it. I can sense it when people have been worshiped. Likewise, I can sense it when they've not been worshiping, when they've been watching a little bit too much television, when they've been not. You know, it's amazing to me when we take a, a, a fast and we take time, maybe a 21-day fast like we're on right now, and, and we spend a little more time denying ourselves and put in that place uh, the worship of God, and, and, and especially if we do a media fast. Oh, my goodness. It's explosive. Like everything just blows up quickly uh, because our time is centered on knowing him. We're not distracted. We're not uh, all over the place, as it were. Uh, so we can be atmospheric changers the way we do our lives privately. In other words, I believe if we honor God in our private lives, God honors us in our public lives. When we come together, God like, all right, I got two or three together in my name. I'm right there in the midst of them. We're going to blow this place up with all kinds of wonderful um, uh, weightiness of God there. You know, the, the I think it's in, in the Hebrew word kabah uh, or something like that. You know, don't take me, but it starts with a K. I'll say it that way. But anyway, it talks about the glory of God, which is really means the weightiness of God, the weightiness of him. I want his weightiness. When we go, that his weightiness sometimes will cause us to bend down on our knees and, and his weightiness will cause us to fall down flat on the floor because we so sense his presence. And that is a corporate discipline. That's why we take times to fast and take times to get in the presence of the Lord so that when we all come together again, the weightiness of God is there. That he's not that he's not there at other times. It's just that we don't sense his weightiness because we've not valued him throughout the rest of the week. So let's work on that. Let's all work on that 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 uh, uh, recognition of God, talking to him on a daily basis, creating an atmosphere, worshiping and praising God on a regular basis, so that there's a song always in your heart. Song going on. And sometimes God will take you back to some songs from their past. That's what I've been doing. I've been listening to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir here lately. Oh, my goodness. Psalms 91, uh, Psalms 34 um, song, and the Revelation 19 song. Um, just wonderful uh, 
powerful song, and we have so much access to worship now. We don't need to go and listen to all the other stuff. There's so many other opportunities where God, like, you can use worship. And I'm not just talking about worship as just music, but it sure enough is a good starter. It's a good thing. But we don't need necessarily, we, we can already come into the service without music or anything, already in a worshipful manner, without needing that primer of music, because we're already been in that state together. Number six. Here is, a pra- here is a practical handle to put on this idea. Live throughout the week as an heir of the kingdom, listening to his voice, obeying his word. Since you have heard his voice throughout the week, you know that you will hear his voice as you gather for public worship. So, so the voice of God is not a strange voice to you because you've been listening to his voice all week. You know, in the midst of a crowd, it doesn't matter how big the crowd is. When you hear a familiar voice, a voice you've been spending time with, you hear that voice, whether it's a massive crowd or whether it's just you and that one person. You can tell the distinction of that voice anywhere. You know, you can hear children, uh, a big football game, and a father's out there talking to his son out there on the football field or the basketball field, and that son hears his father's voice in the midst of that big old crowd, people yelling and screaming, and that son will turn his head as though he heard that familiar voice of his father or his mother, and he'll snap too, like, well, who is that? Yeah. And that's how it is even in the corporate in the corporate environment where we all are hearing that voice of God and we come corporately together and all of us are hearing that familiar voice that we've been listening to all week long, all year long. Then when we come together and we hear it corporately, don't you know that's, that ignites something on the inside of all of us all at the same time of worship, that heaviness? Uh, number seven. Enter the service 10 minutes early. This is talking about preparations for worship. Enter the service 10 minutes early. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Enter into service 10 minutes early. In other words, you're coming with the corporate body. Don't be late. Don't stagger in. Don't be, you know, unkept when you come in. Don't feel you have your mind going a thousand multiple different places. Don't have an already argued with your husband or your wife before you have come in. And God, the enemy will come in all kinds of ways prior to service so that to get you distracted so that he can ultimately distract the service. So, so. Put your argument on hold until afterwards. And hopefully whatever you're arguing about, you have forgotten because you've been in the presence of the corporate worship. And so it doesn't matter. It was just a small thing by the time service is ended. But come 10 minutes earlier, lift up your heart in adoration to the King of glory. Contemplate his majesty, glory, and tenderness as revealed in Jesus Christ. Picture the marvelous vision that Isaiah had of the Lord high and lifted up or the magnificent revelation that John had of Christ with eyes like a flame of fire and voice like the sound of many waters. Invite the real presence to be manifested. Do you hear what we're saying? In other words, come to worship prepared for worship. 
Don't come to worship and having already, like you're going to football practice and putting on your cleats and your, and your football uniform as you're going, as you're right there on the field. That's not the time. You should already be prepared, having warmed up and getting ready for it before you ever get on the field. Don't come to work and, and, and putting on your makeup and, and all that. Once you get to your desk and putting your, you know, ladies that is, and putting on your makeup and, and whatever you ladies do, have that already done. Be prepared. Well, be prepared when you come to the house of the Lord. Be prepared in whatever house you're going to. As you come to the corporate body, don't just get ready when you get there. Don't come in there casual in your mind, that is. Don't come in there casual and, and, and thinking about everything else and then and then turn on uh, segment uh, compartment number two, which is Christianity, and turn it on and off. No, come in there. Let it be a part of your natural flow. Man, we know, God knows more importantly, but we know sometimes when you come in, into an atmosphere and you've not been prepping for this and then you're trying to turn it on. No, God is in our midst, in that corporate midst. Man, don't be casual. Don't, 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 don't do things in a haphazard manner. Don't, don't get, uh, uh, like have the Martha spirit where you're trying to work and do and run around and move and go and come, you know, doing that type. Sit down and listen to the Lord. Sit down and hear what God is saying. He's got something to say to you. This is the corporate environment. Understand we're here to hear from God Almighty, the creator of the universe. God himself wants to speak to us in the corporate environment. Do not be casual. Don't look for other things to do and, and have your mind moving and going and coming and all that kind of stuff. Get to church early or in that corporate mass place on a, on early with your mind already prepared, having already worshiped God. You know, a lot of times when I come into worship, I'm not just, I didn't just wake up, put on clothes and get to church. I, I, most often than not, I have spent some time in worship before I even get to church. I spent some time in preparation. And that's not just because I'll be ministering the Word of God, but because I want to be prepared. You know, it's, it's like a, 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 a uh, I, I, I'll tell you this, uh, I, was, I was with my son a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, and we went out there, and I was going to hit some golf balls uh, with him in the front yard with these little rubber golf balls, but I didn't, I, I'm, I'm 56 years old, I got to warm up, even if I'm just playing, you know, a little bit of golf in the front yard, and I need to, I need to stretch a little bit, get my back right, and, you know, cause a little, yeah, if you, if you're like me, you got to look, popping that goes on, I do these little stretches, I can go here and say, and, and I know once I hit that last, I know that, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I can go swing a club. And I got to do that. I mean, I can't just get up and go out there. Now, he can go do that at 24, 25 years old. He can just get a golf club and go out there. No, I have to prepare. You have to prepare. You have to get all the kinks out of your mind before you go into the place of worship with the corporate body. Get yourselves prepared. Take some time before you come in. And then when you come in, let it be a reverential time. Don't, don't see how many people you can go and talk to and ask how they're doing and blah, 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 blah. Uh, no, prepare. And, and, and on that note, let me just say this and then I'll be done because it's, I think it's important. 
I know many of you are watching us by streaming now. You watch Sunday mornings by streaming. And, and it's okay to have a, you know, amen and, and praise God for that and hallelujah. But can we not, not get extra, distracted by talking to other people online while we're doing it? You know, like, hey, Johnny, hadn't seen you in a while well, on Facebook. Hey, Polly. Hey, no, no, do that later. Contact them, text them, whatever. But but that is not the time to say hello to people while the message is going on. That can distract. Some people can't say, a, a kind of, oh, you know what? Billy just said hello to Johnny. No, let Billy, talk to Billy afterwards. Talk to Johnny afterwards. Don't use airtime, streaming airtime, to communicate with others that you see online at that time. Okay? That's just that's me talking. Don't, don't get distracted, Martha. Stay on course. If you want to say amen to a, a, a something that is being said, uh, or maybe it's not a distracting to you, but some people they get they get easily distracted when they look at there and see you know a Facebook comment uh, that has something to do with uh, what you're having for dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that anyone's done that, but just think about it. Let's let's keep our minds worshipful, keep our hearts worshipful. Make sure that we're not distracted. Make sure we don't have the Martha spirit. And even while you're listening to the word, I want you to be sure that I know many of you are watching sometimes by streaming now and are not ready to come back into this setting of church. But while you're doing it, please, don't use the time, well, I'm going to listen to the word and clean the house. No, you're going to clean the house and kind of listen to the word. No, take some time, even if it's walking. Now, walking for me, I'm listening to the Word. I'm undistracted. I can listen and, and keep on walking. But if I'm at home and there's other things going on around me, I get easily distracted by what I'm listening to or what I'm seeing. Uh, maybe that's not your case. But most people, I think, are really not as multitasking as they think they are. It's hard to really focus in on just one thing. Well, God doesn't want... Uh, competition for his attention. All right. Hope you've gotten something out of this. I have. I have. I've, I, I've learned a lot, and uh, and I hope you too have. God bless you. Uh, let's pray. Uh, remember, this is also Wednesday, so this is where we receive offerings. If we were actually meeting, and you you are more than welcome to give either online or you can send it directly to the church uh, to uh, 1023 East Union Street. Or you can give online. We have texting. We have apps. Uh, if you go to New Day, uh, NewDayCC.com, uh, you can give that way. And we so appreciate you for doing so. We thank all of you for continuing to support this ministry, even in the midst of six, seven months of, uh, of quarantining, so to speak, or, or this corona where we've not been able to meet as we normally do. Thank you for that. Let's pray and we'll close out. Father, we thank you for this, this evening. Thank you for the Bible study. Thank you for uh, lovingly bringing us to a place where we honor your glory and your heaviness and your significance. That you really mean a lot to us. That you consume the rooms in which we live. The rooms of our mind are not cluttered with busyness and, and we're not distracted by all the things that are going on in life, that we do as Mary did. We sit at your feet and we sup from you, that we choose the better thing to do, and that is to spend time with you in your presence. I thank you for helping us to get there. I thank you for helping us to acknowledge where we are weak 
in the area of distractions and help us to eliminate those distractions out of our life. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for giving us a worshipful heart and a worshipful spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Uh, I hope to see you guys uh, on online. I mean, I hope to see you uh, in, uh, at 10 o'clock on Sunday. And then also remember, 6.30 uh, Wednesday, uh, we will have um, a conversation with Sheriff Wisnett and also uh, Chief Loudermick. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.